Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. It's so good to have you guys here. Um, I just want to thank our parking team that did a phenomenal job getting all these cars. If you look out there right now, it's like a game of Tetris. I also want to thank you guys who are in our foyer listening. Give a shout out to the people who are in our foyer. I hope you can hear us all right. I want to welcome you guys to, for sure, what is our last ever single Christmas Eve service. So we'll have to, for sure, go to two next year. We wanted to do one uh, last one. Thank you for being gracious with us. Uh, We do wish you a Merry Christmas. And as we celebrate the birth of Jesus... I think it's worth reflecting on why we are doing what we are doing. And so I want to ask you this question. What comes to mind when you think about God? Just think about it in your own heart for a second. Who is God? Who are we? What is this life all about? Who is this creator? A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I think he's on to something because Whatever we think of when we think of God affects how we relate to God, how we relate to ourselves, and how we relate to others. So seeing God as clear as possible for who he is, is vitally important. And there's one word uh, that oftentimes we don't associate with God. There's multiple, uh, but there's one that oftentimes is way down at the bottom of the list, if it makes the list at all. And I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about the kindness of God. The title is The Kindness of God at Christmas. The context of this scripture in Titus 3, verses 4 through 5, is talking about all kinds of conflict and crisis and darkness in the world, the brokenness of humanity, the pain that we all feel. And then it says, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared... And it's referring to when Jesus broke into human history as a little tiny baby. And it says he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Look at this definition of kindness. The quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. And look at the Greek word for kindness, which is krestotes. It is the grace which pervades the whole nature, mellowing all which would be harsh and severe. And I want you to use your imagination with me for a moment. Think of the kindest person you've ever known. Who comes to mind? One of the people for sure that comes to mind for me is my grandma. I just remember the kindness of my grandmother's eyes. I remember how she would welcome us into her home and she would never stop feeding us. Any grandmas out there have that kind of vision for your family? I mean, as soon as I would get to my grandma's house as like a 10-year-old kid, she would plop about 18 appetizers in front of me. And this was all pre-dinner, pre-post-dinner, pre-snacks. I mean, she was always giving us food. She was also an artist. She was a visual artist, which I was as a kid too. And we would sit at her table and she would ask about our lives and she was so kind. And whatever was going on in our little 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old minds and now as an adult, she would gradually move us towards the context of love and truth and a sense of peace in the world. She was demonstrating kindness. And you may not think this today, but I just wanna tell you, whoever you're thinking of, God is like that. God is that kind. God is actually kindness perfected. And he demonstrated it 
to us beginning with the message of Christmas. In fact, I doubt anyone's using their notes today, but if you are, the greatest act of kindness in the history of the world is the birth of Jesus because it sets into motion God's plan of salvation and it begins to demonstrate the heart of God towards us. So I'm gonna move us through eight things very quickly and then I'm gonna share two stories and then we're gonna sing Silent Night and respond together to the candlelight. But listen to these eight things. In God's kindness, as demonstrated through Jesus, number one, God has chosen to find you. It is extraordinary kindness when someone goes out of their way to find you. Imagine for a second you're an artist that moved to Nashville, which a lot of you guys are this, trying to strike a record deal. All of a sudden you're at the offices of some major record label and you find out that the president of the label heard that you were there and he is searching everywhere to find you. And when he finds you, he says, hey man, I've been looking for you everywhere. I'd like to hang out. I've got a project for us to do together. I'd love to hear about your story. Wouldn't that be amazing? That pales into comparison to the kindness of the living God, creator of heavens and earth, like the boss of the whole company, the living God, he's looking for you. He goes out of his way to find you. Luke 19.10 says, the son of man, that's Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. I love how my kids, often pre-service and post-service here at Graceland, they will burst through my office doors or they will run up these aisles to find me. And I love it because it demonstrates to me that they love me and I matter to them. And I just wanna remind you today that you matter to God. He is actually out to find you. Number two, God has chosen to be with you. What extraordinary kindness. Matthew 1.23 says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I love John 1.14 that says, the word, which is Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Oscar alluded to it earlier, but Christmas is a time of heightened joy. It's also for many a time of heightened pain. And there are people experiencing all kinds of sorrow in this room and all around our town right now. And one of the things I've learned as a pastor is perhaps the most profound thing we can do for people when they are suffering is just be with them. Have you noticed that? We call it the ministry of presence. I'm going to be talking about this a little bit more tomorrow for our Christmas Day uh, message, 1030 here if you want to join us. But the ministry of presence is most beautifully shown to us through Jesus. God, our creator, says, I'm going to do everything I can just to be with you. What extraordinary kindness. Number three, in his kindness, God has chosen to forgive you. This is mercy. Have you ever been guilty and then been let off the hook? Isn't that incredible? That's the kindness of God to us in Jesus. All of our guilt washed away through what Jesus has done for us. That's the gospel. Ephesians 1, 7, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's, the riches of God's grace. Number four, in his kindness, God has chosen to restore you. Scripture talks about how God will actually take what the enemy has tried to steal from you and restore it unto you. There's a book that we're all going to read together. No one in our whole church knows this yet. Uh, My wife and I have talked about it and maybe one or two of our staff, but there's a book called Fresh Faith by Jim Cimbala. Anybody ever heard of it? 
I'm going to buy a bunch of copies, and we're going to read it together in January as part of our Life in the Spirit series. But one of the things he talks about is let's let our faith arise and understand that God is our restorer. What extraordinary kindness. Look at 1 Peter, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore you, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I don't know about you, but I want some of that restoration in 2023. Anybody with me? I want to be restored to God's original intent for my life. Man, do I need that. I need to be moving towards that a little bit more every year. Number five, in his kindness, God has chosen to give to you. The most popular verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he, God is a giver and it is an extraordinary kindness. This whole salvation that we celebrate is the gift of God so that no one can boast. This message is not about us getting it all together so that we can come to him and and finally be saved. It's about us receiving the gift of salvation. So if you've not received that today, you can say yes. It's as simple as that. Romans 8, 32, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for all of us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? It's incredible that we have a creator who in his kindness delights to give to us. Number six, in his kindness, God has chosen to teach you. We often make a big deal about when someone gets into like an Ivy League university. So-and-so got into Harvard. You know, I I grew up in the arts. So-and-so got into Boston Conservatory or RISD. We make a big deal about it. But we actually, as followers of Jesus, get to all be in the university of the spirit. We're going to talk about that in January. Look at John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. What an incredible kindness that we all get to sit under the tutelage of the spirit of the living God. Anybody want to sign up for the class with me? Anybody with me want to say, I'm going to pay more attention to this great kindness that has been given to me. We are enrolled together in this school of the living God. And I always, when I think about God as teacher, I always am overwhelmed with his patience. Any of you ever have a teacher or a professor that just got fed up with you and just was not feel like you were learning quick enough? How extraordinary is the patience of God towards us that he would continue to teach us over and over and over and over again? What great kindness. This is the God that we're talking about. I am praying that as we talk about this, what comes to your mind when you think of God is those gentle eyes of a grandma or whoever it is that you thought of that's kind. Number seven, by the way, babies are zero problem here at Graceland Church. I can't even hear them. My house is so loud that I am trained to not even notice. So parents, be at peace. Number seven, in his kindness, God has chosen to walk with you. In fact, Jesus said, follow me. He invites us into relationship. What a kindness. Number eight, in his kindness, God has chosen to stay with you. We are in the covenant and the age of grace, the everlasting love of God. Look what Jesus said. One of the last things he said to us, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. How many of you are thankful that you can't break away from the love of God? Man, we need that. We need some unshakable love and hope. Have you ever noticed that simple kindness brings great hope? 
And God shows kindness to us every day, but we need to tune into it. I remember as a kid, I was participating in something called a Pinewood Derby competition. Anybody remember Pinewood Derby cars? They were these blocks of wood that you would carve into vehicles and you would put wheels on them and then you would race them down a track. Um, There are other names for Pinewood Derby cars. How many here have been injured trying to create a Pinewood Derby car? Some of my worst scars on my hands, I have a really bad one here, are from Pinewood Derby Creations. I love some very committed hands going up back there. Well, the very first Pinewood Derby race I was ever in, I was a little kid. It was the first one me and my dad ever did. I was the oldest in my family. And so we had no idea that you were supposed to put weights in the car. That's how you get it to go down and produce some speed. So I made this car and I painted it like an American flag. I guess I was very patriotic as a kid. And we had no weights in the car. So when it went up against all the other kids with all the parents and siblings and friends gathered around, guess what happened? Not only did my car come in last place, but it was the only car that didn't even reach the finish line. It was a horrible failure. As a dad now, I I kind of empathize with my dad in that situation. He must have just felt terrible because I was just like devastated. And and they called. I'm not joking. I'm not embellishing this story. This is at least my memory. I didn't want to go pick up the car. And so they had to say, whose car, whose American flag car is this in the middle of the track? Now, I don't know where my dad was. If, 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 as a dad now, I would have went and taken the pain for my kid. But I remember my dad being like, son, go get your car. <laughs> Nathan, that's you. Lo and behold, he's the one who was supposed to put weights in it, in my mind. So I had to go out there in shame, pick up my car, and I was just crushed. You know, at that age, the worst thing is that kind of failure. Totally missed the mark. And I will just never forget this, but a kid who was just a few years older than me came up to me, put his arm around my shoulder and said, man, it's okay. The exact same thing happened to me when I was first in a Pinewood Derby car. And this kid was like crushing it, winning the trophies. He had the coolest car there and it totally changed my day. Simple kindness brings great hope. It transforms situations that feel like failures. And I know we're all here gathered together, smiles on our face, Merry Christmas, wearing Christmas clothes, opening presents. But I know that some of you guys just feel devastated right now, feel like an absolute failure. And you are are just like me as a little kid, don't even want to go out and claim the car. Just feel like life is falling apart. And I'm telling you that the kindness of God that that kid, rather the kindness that that kid demonstrated to me was just a small reflection of, I believe, the perfect kindness of God who wants to wrap his arm around you today and say, my friend, I am still with you. I am still your teacher. It's okay. It's not the end. You might feel like it's the end. It's not. You have a God who in the middle of what feels like the end is still kind to you. Isn't that amazing? So whatever it is you're thinking about God this Christmas, I want you to replace it with this incredibly kind person that you've been imagining. Because that kindest person that you thought of is just an imperfect reflection of the perfect kindness of God. It was God wanting to reveal himself to you that he is a God of kindness. And then at the end of the day, and this is where we're going to close, the kindness of God, Scripture teaches us, is actually what changes us. It's not us being afraid of God. 
It's not us being afraid of hell. Though we should think about our eternity and we should run towards God. But actually what changes us is his kindness. Look what scripture says in Romans 2, 4. God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Repentance is the biblical word for the change of mind, the change of direction. And I just want to encourage you today. You might be running from God. You might feel God is disappointed with you, angry at you. And trust me, I'm not saying you're not making mistakes. You could be absolutely making all the worst decisions. But right there, if you just begin to turn around towards God, you're going to find the kindest Savior who has been looking for you and welcomes you home. That's our God. And that doesn't mean you stay where you are. God loves you enough to lead you into becoming like him. But what we miss is what actually changes us is getting more in tune with this kindness. How we see God is so very important. I want one last story before we close together. When I first met my wife, she was 16 years old and I was 20 years old. Nothing happened. At that point, I was uninterested. She came up to me by the poolside at a camp in Pennsylvania and she'll tell a different version of the story, but she tried to flirt with me. And I knew she was a little kid. You know what I mean? I could tell. And I was like, come on, high schooler, just like go home. You know what I mean? I'm in college. And I just kind of, I had to let her know I wasn't interested at all because I wasn't. You guys know what I'm talking about? And then, anybody? (laughs) Then three years later, the story gets better. Three years later, we hadn't thought about each other for three years. The only thing she went home and told her mom about me was I met this guy who wasn't very nice. Three years later, we ended up at the same camp around the same pool. It was actually, so it was three years later. She was now 19. I was now 23. And I started seeing her a little differently. I noticed her right away. She has some reasons that she can tell you later of what she thinks I noticed. We're in church, guys. I don't know where your minds are going. I noticed her ministering to the girls in her group. I'm a man after the Lord. I saw her clearly in a way that I did not see her three years before that. And when I got a glimpse of my wife that was a little bit more clear, who she was, what her heart was, and it helped that we were now legal, My life totally changed because when I saw a glimpse of her, I wanted to get to know her more because I clearly saw her. It started to change my whole life. I started driving hours to go on dates with her. I started making it a priority to spend hours and hours and hours on the phone with her. And a little bit after that, I made it a priority to spend all my money on a ring for her. And then we, we, we prioritize our life to have these kids together. My point being is when you see clearly a picture that is compelling to you, it changes you and you begin to pursue it. The same is true about the kindness of God. The same is true about the heart of God. Until we see him a little bit more clearly, you may have felt like you've seen God and kind of aren't interested, kind of like me at the poolside when my wife was just 16. Whatever, I'm just going to keep moving on. But I just believe 
that this Christmas and going into a new year, God wants to show you a glimpse of himself that is so compelling to you that it changes you completely, that you begin to pursue him. Your life begins to orient around wanting to know him more. Are you tracking with me? So our response together today is, and just join me in prayer as the worship team comes. Lord, we want to see you just a little bit more clearly this Christmas. And particularly, I've had on my heart, as you know, God, I believe you want to demonstrate your kindness to people in a way that they've never understood. Or maybe in a way that they've not understood as deeply as they could. Give us a glimpse of this extraordinary kindness today. Your kindness as demonstrated through the message of Christmas. And church, listen to me. Any newcomer, anyone here, you can pray with me right now in your heart if you want to. Lord, I want to know you. I commit my life to you. I don't understand all this, but I want to follow you. I want to get a real glimpse of who you are. I'm tired of thinking of you as just a cosmic police officer that's out to get me. I'm tired of thinking of of you as someone who's just generated rules for the sake of rules. I'm tired of thinking of you as someone who wants to steal my joy or my happiness. God, reframe how I see you. I want to see you more clearly as the God of kindness, the God of life to the full, the God that invites me into the adventure I was created for. And I repent. I say yes to you, God. I want to run after you this Christmas. Ask for forgiveness for where I've fallen short. And I put all of my faith in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What we're going to do is something so beautiful. If you'll stand with me, we're going to light these candles. And as you stand, I'm going to ask some of my team to turn off some of the lights. So if someone in the foyer, Cameron, I see you out there, hit those lights on both sides. Once someone lights your candle, light someone else around you. And we're going to see how quickly this hope spreads. in the booth can you block out the stage lights and also the lights on the ceiling we'll have enough light from these candles so as you can see the light of hope spreads quickly in the darkest night the message of Christmas reminds us that there is always hope there is always a future hear me guys There is always hope in a future. There is always possibility. There is always another chance. You can run after him today. You can let your faith rise for your family, for your work, for this next year to step a little bit closer to him. Lord, I pray for each person. I pray for every kid in this place, every parent, every grandparent, every individual, every couple every person watching online we got grandparents watching all around the country (laughs) lord i pray your blessing of peace on them this christmas your blessing of hope may we may we be reminded of this great salvation 
We're gonna sing Silent Night. Um, Oscar, can you hit these stage lights too? Jessica's gonna lead us, let's sing it together. church let's sing that first verse again with just the voices let's hold up our candles and sing
Lord, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for this incredible Christmas where we celebrate our wonderful Savior. I pray your blessing on each person today. In Jesus' name, let's carefully blow these out as our team turns the lights on. I'm going to pray this benediction over us in a minute. As we exit, uh, be careful in the parking lot. Give people time to get out. Uh, Watch out for kids. Take it nice and slow. If you'd like to join us tomorrow, we'll be here at 10.30 a.m. We'll also be here on New Year's Day at 10.30. We love you guys. We also have Lost Angels at noon tomorrow if anyone is interested. Listen to this beautiful benediction. Don't worry about the kids at all. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of the Christ child. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We love you guys. Merry Christmas.